0: Hello and welcome to season three of the Love with Elise Peck podcast. I'm your host, Elise Peck. And in case you haven't met me before, I'll give you just a tiny rundown so that you know who you're connecting with. Um, How'd you met me in 2011? I was a graduate lawyer. I was engaged to my husband. I owned a property in Melbourne. Essentially, it was a pretty fabulous season of my life where um, I was using my manifesting ability to create the life and the outcomes that I wanted. If you fast forward to 2016, where I now had manifested part of my vision board, which was, uh, I now have two beautiful children. Back then I, was, I had my first, so I was 12 months into having um, my first healthy baby, which was a, a vision board goal. And I was a stay-at-home mom, which was also a vision board goal. And now that I had sort of achieved that vision, it was now time to, I now felt inspired to dream even bigger. And my next goal became that I wanted deep meaning, purpose and even more abundance, of course, for my beautiful family that I was creating. And so what essentially happened with that vision is uh, I called into my life or manifested into my life an opportunity where I started um assisting and supporting other people to launch businesses. And in the course of doing that, I was essentially accidentally life coaching. So I would be coaching people and helping them to launch businesses and get a steady stream of clients and to create their own abundance. And I constantly heard over and over again, oh my gosh, wow, Elise, like, you you should be, you should just be, you should be a life coach. Like this is Phenomenal! What the actions that you're getting me to take and, and the transformation I'm going through, um, just with your guidance. And so the seed was planted. Um, the feedback from life was um, that in order to help me manifest this deep purpose and meaning and this abundance that had been on my vision board, uh, it was now time to be a coach. So I went off, got certified, etc. And now in 2024, um, I have been officially certified. So I started coaching in 2016. I've been officially certified as a coach since uh, 2020. And when I launched officially as a coach, um, I offered people all these different results that I would help them coach with. And there was one that had exceptional energy behind it. There was one that just people just wanted from me. um, And that was love. Like people just felt in my energy or they'd experienced the love in my life through knowing me personally, whatever it was, it was all this energy people had, this fierce curiosity to learn about loving relationships, romantic relationships from me. So, you know, following the ikigai or whatever, you know, what the world wants from you, what you're good at, etc. I launched an offering there and it took off like wildfire. The results were just blowing my mind, they were blowing everyone else's mind. And thus began, you know, me being on my purpose and mission and life journey as a love manifestation coach. And so the, the results have, have just been unreal and beautiful because what what better thing is there in life than to help people feel more connection, more love, and to experience people being more in their vibration and in their energy of love. It's been phenomenal In addition, um, since 2020, I've become a best-selling author. I've co-authored the book called Elevate Your Energy, which interestingly, that was something I wanted to manifest in 2019. I set a goal (laughs) um, of becoming certified in something that would help me heal people (laughs) Um, and help me do more of like what i'd been doing sort of just by instinct with my coaching wanted a formal education and i also put on my vision board that i wanted to be a best-selling author i gave myself until i was 70 for that goal it happened the following year in 2020 co-authored the book called elevate your energy Um, my chapter is called the law on love because uh, of my history of being a lawyer and and then my ikigai, my life's path, my dharma as um, being a love coach. And so that brings me here today talking to you about how to help, how to manifest what you want into your life and specifically how to manifest love. I can help people manifest whatever goal they're after. And as it turns out, most people want me to help them manifest their goal of more love, of better love, of more satisfying love, of deeper connection, um, however that vision looks for them. So that might look for you that you are currently single and wanting to attract um, a great relationship into your life. It may look like you're currently in a relationship and it's not feeling, looking or living into the vision of what you wanted. Um, Or it, it might be that you feel that your journey is kind of taking you more in the direction of self-love and and potentially an uncoupling from a relationship that no longer feels in alignment for you. So it's all about uncovering what your desires are around love and um, giving you the support to manifest it. So here is season three of the Love with the Least Peck podcast. Featuring me, your host, Elise Peck. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited to connect with you. And I'm so excited uh, to support you to manifest way more love, even more love into your life. Thanks for listening. So I thought I would do an intro, seeing as my face is the one that you're familiar with. Thanks for joining. This is answering a question on how to get the love that you want. Um, and in particular today we're looking into, but what does my husband think? Because I've noticed in my content recently, um, that I've been quoting him a lot. So I'll be telling a story. My husband said this, or my husband said that. And I've also, it's come to my attention in the past that people have had a curiosity about, I wonder what her husband thinks, like what's, you know, there's a curiosity about what you really think. And then I quote you and I sort of, you know, people might be thinking I'm putting words in your mouth. Mm -hmm. So I thought, how about, you know, we actually bring you on and I, I ask you what you actually think. So in case you haven't met me before, I'm Elise Peck. I am a leading manifestation coach. A leading love manifestation coach i've been featured by microsoft start um, on the msn website i've been featured in a best-selling book called the law i've got a chapter called the law on love in a book called elevate your energy and um, i have been helping i've been transforming lives around the globe and transforming love lives particularly particular around the globe helping people get the love that they want um for quite some time now i've been um i've been a uh, coaching people on their lives since 2016 and honing in and focusing officially uh in on helping you manifest the love that you want since 2020 however i was from 2016 even though i was meant to be helping people launch businesses i was also helping them repair their marriages yeah so but officially you could say i really just that became my focus from 2020 and um people have got incredible results. They've manifested the love that they want. If you head over to my Instagram, you'll see testimonials and this sort of thing on my website. Um, and so that's, that's the thing. I help people get the love that they want. Now we've been together since 2006,
1: coming up to 18 years,
0: coming up to 18 years in April. So
1: we would actually met by this point. I'm pretty sure
0: we met in March. It yeah. was a Friday in March. Well,
1: it's March now, so... We
0: yeah. Can,
1: we can take that as a technicality.
0: Yes, I, I don't have... Like, I'm I'm so clear. We take our anniversary from our first kiss, which was at midnight, just past midnight. Past
1: midnight, April night.
0: April night. So we turned up at the club on April 8th.
1: Both had a plan.
0: <laughs> we both had a plan, but we both had the thought, this is the night we kiss, and it... It happened, but it happened past midnight, so technically it's a night. Yeah. Uh, but we had been, you know, getting, you know, just darting around, getting to know each other for a few weeks before that.
1: Sussing each other
0: out. Sussing each other out. A bit
1: flirtatious.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a just an energy there, for mm-hmm. sure. It was, a very obvious, it was very obvious that either, like, we were going to kiss and make something of this. I
1: mean, it was obvious to me from this point
0: from what point
1: on the very like if it was 18 years ago today
0: yes right? oh so that's my first question um when did you so tell me about that
1: well it was instant so yeah the first time i ever saw you
0: yeah
1: i knew there was something very different and something very special about this girl Yes. and it's, it's almost in the the comical or in the um uh you know in this in this fantastical sense that everything kind of like just faded away. And yeah, you know, 80s track music was I'm pretty sure playing in the background. <laughs> and it it just you know, hit me very clearly in the first moment. I was just like, I would like to get to know this woman. <laughs> and I felt very, very clearly in that moment that I was very much drawn into you.
0: Oh, yeah. And something that I have heard is that a man really knows very, very quickly, like in the first interaction, he pretty much categorizes a woman Mm -hmm. into friend would marry her would sleep with her. Mm -hmm. And that basically you just get categorized because a man just knows instantly like where you would fit in his life. And so some people say it's a really fruitless exercise, trying to convince a man to think, you know, your, his future wife or whatever. Mm -hmm. If he didn't feel that pretty early on, what what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I can only give the account from a sample size of one. Yeah. And I can tell you from my experience that Mm -hmm. it was that very visceral experience of like, this is very clearly to me, someone I am very attracted to. Mm -hmm. Someone I'm very much drawn to wanting to have a special and romantic interest in mm. and it was never a question of which bucket do i see you in or anything like that and, mm. I'll, and I'll say it, it was, none of this was conscious this yeah. was all very much embodied and i didn't yeah. have complete access to it at that point but i just remember from the moment that you know i name dropped the um the person that you and i both knew that was the first kind of like gateway i got through That like hey i know someone that you know so now i'm less of a um, unfamiliar person and we can get to know each other more. And then
0: you were trying to make yourself and me feel like you were familiar. Or you were safe.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you found yourself trying to make me feel safe.
1: Trying to get the, um, what, like, you know, trying to open up the conversation, I should say, Mm -hmm. and everything that you and I spoke about was just like, yes, 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 yes. And it was, you know, it was very much palpable at that point that I was, you know, wanting to make this last a very long time.
0: Yeah, and you—you um, you told me um, that that you loved me quite soon. Mm. It was at least within two months.
1: I would say so. Yeah.
0: You know, and you—do you remember what you said? Do you want to share that or not?
1: What I said to you. Do you
0: remember? Yeah, yeah. I,
1: mean, I, I remember that very well.
0: Do you want to share that? <laughs> yeah, you, I don't yeah. mind
1: sharing that. Yeah. Um, I remember talking to you about two or three months in at Mm -hmm. that point and the story I gave to you was, you know, even though we've only been together for let's say two months, three months, I had always thought of you long before we had met, I had always thought to myself um, that I would meet you one day because I always knew that I was going to meet the girl I fall in love with. Yeah. And so when I was exactly
0: 15, what you said, yeah.
1: Fifteen, sixteen, yeah. thinking like she's out there somewhere, little mm. did I know that she was <laughs> four
0: years younger. Four years younger. <laughs> it's in Lille. You know,
1: in her little leotard somewhere. She I was have, a dancer. That's Would what have years. been. You would have been dancing by sheer, um, you know, chance of what time <laughs> yeah. of day it was. Yeah. Um, but I, I knew you were in the world somewhere, living your life. And that our paths would eventually meet. And I had no doubt about that. And uh, you know that could be very much considered romantic, but you know proof is in the pudding, right here. Mm. Uh, but that was the story I had told you that I thought of you often, even though we hadn't met.
0: Yeah, and I think um, an important takeaway from that is that he already had an idea, well before I exi- uh, well before we met, that he wanted to fall in love. That that was important to him. And in that, was that like, was marriage part of that vision?
1: Family. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, there was the partner, the wife, Yeah. you know, that, um, that image was very strong. And, but there mm. was also behind that was wanting to create the family dynamic as well.
0: Yeah. So this was his vision independent of, of me. So I never had to tell him this would be a good idea or convince him into wanting that. Um, and I think that's an important thing to know is there's a few takeaways in that, um, for women out there looking for a man. And, um, you know, I think some important takeaways from that are that you want, you you want to find out if someone independent of you has your vision, like that, they're, that they're wanting what what they're wanting out of their love life. Um, because if you really want marriage and babies that you're, surrounded by men that just want one night stands you might start deciding there's something wrong with you and it's not that there's anything wrong with you it's that you're around you're not around the people that have the vision that are going to create what you want or they're not you know with men like it's got to be the right timing it's got to be they've got to be in a certain place where they're ready for it they've got to be like desiring it and you could be like the best you know like the most like a unicorn right you could be like <laughs> i don't know what the epitome is of like I don't know, who knows what the every, probably every man's got a different celebrity crush or whatever but like you could be like the best potential wife but if you're around someone that doesn't want to be a husband um you know and it doesn't have that as a vision like it wouldn't it wouldn't matter right mm-hmm. same with same as if you're around someone that doesn't have the vision of monogamy mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's not their vision and it's not up to you to find someone and convince them into the vision and it's up to you to be clear on what you want and then make sure you're screening and filtering that you're getting someone, um, that wants to build the same vision as you, you're getting a teammate for your vision. It'd be like, you want to start a company and you want to start, you know, a soap company and someone wants to start like. I don't know, a toilet paper company. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why would you bring on someone to build a toilet paper company if you want a soap company? Like, it doesn't make sense. You want someone that walks in the door and says, yeah, I'm passionate about soap. And for this and this reason, and I want to build a soap company, you're like me too. And you're like, oh my God, we should do this together. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think with marriage, you want, you know, I think that's often why in arranged marriages and Um, you know, from religious backgrounds, they often work really well because they have the same vision. They've got the same idea, the same shared values of like, oh, we want to create this and there's a whole Bible or book or whatever that says this is how it ought to look. And so we're very clear. We're both going to create that and let's line up and create it together type thing. Mm -hmm. They, they, they're given that clarity of vision. And if you're not, you know, you don't, you're not religious or whatever, then you can map out your vision, um and then line up with someone who like that. They're like, yeah, man, like, I want to build that. Mm-hmm. That's what I take away from, from that.
1: Yeah. So a lot of the thoughts that I have, I don't even know whether they're my thoughts or what I've learned from you in the <laughs> last 18 years. Um, but Talk.
0: Let me just put my hand <laughs> Okay. <laughs>
1: so there's two things. One, one I know is your, um, your idea that I really, do, <laughs> I really do like, which is there's no right or wrong. There's what's for you, and then there's what's not for you. There's what's for the other person, there's what's not for them. And it's about making sure that you are both in alignment with that. So just because you want a partner and a family, and the other person wants something very different to that, that doesn't make you right them wrong, or vice versa. It's making sure that you want the same thing. And the other thing I think, which I I have picked up, you know, from listening to you is that we're very situational dependent. So there's, there's,
0: yeah. And I didn't make that up. I got that from, um, studying psychology at UNSW that, you know, something I learned in social psychology was, I mean, I used to be very judgy. I'd be like, who is this human? Like they're. They're like this with me and they're like that over there they're like so different i can't who is who are they and i thought like that was strange i thought you should just have the one personality in every room and then i found out no no it's like actually adaptive (laughs) it's a it's a skill set to to adapt to your environment and it's it's by design and it's like evolution wants it that it's a good thing and that humans are situation dependent so different Situations bring out different values and and different behavior.
1: And I think it's very important for, you know, one person to feel like they understand what they want in their life. But it's also important for you to gauge when you're with someone, how do they come towards you? How do they meet you in the middle? Because you've heard so many stories. Oh, I knew this person. I tried to get this with them. Like I, I wanted to have babies with them and they just wouldn't. Um, you know meet me somewhere on that and as soon as we broke it off they went out with someone else and then suddenly they had babies yes. and for me I think that is there is more than just two people having the same vision you also it, there's got to be a connection there where the two visions align themselves in a chemical way in an energetic way in a personable way all of those kinds of things but I do want to like clarify, it's not about well, he doesn't, he she, she doesn't have this vision yet, and I can get them there. I think it's much more uh, organic than that. I think it's much more well, how does the um, the combination of two people when they do come together produce a you know a new vision or an aligned vision? So mm-hmm. it's not about if you are with someone and you really like this person, you really want to be with them, but they still won't. Or they still don't have the same view that maybe they'll come around to it. Mm. I think based on the person you're with, you are in some ways a different person.
0: Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me that you're saying this because I'm I'm I love this. I'm like so passionate about this topic that I always have like like an endless supply of ideas in my head, and then I just pick one and make the video on that. Um, but one that I haven't made a video on yet that's been like marinating, like coming through like louder and louder. like we talk about this, talk about this, is um, talking about how you've got to be careful not to like make a list and decide you want to be with someone that impresses you. You've got to get with someone that the connection between you impresses you. Right. It's not like the, the person, mm. I mean you want to respect and look at the person, and be like, gosh, like you both want to feel like you got the better end of the deal. Yeah. Right. And that you're both lucky, right? Yeah. But you also you wanna be the thing you want to be most impressed by is not how they show up in the world. It's how the space between, like, it's the end like how you guys connect. Like when you connect, you're like you know, it's like they kind of joke that, like, all best friends would think they should have a reality TV show. You <laughs> know what I mean? They're like, oh, I'm oh going to all best friends are like, oh, my God, you and I should have a show. And when they say that, like, that means we're having such a good time. This is so amazing. Like, someone should capture this is how good it is. Yep. And I think that's what you want. You don't want, like, two people that are like, you know, you're an amazing dancer. I'm an amazing dancer. Let's be amazing dancers. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, no, no, you want to be like... It's not about getting two perfect, amazing people.
1: I like the way and you, you like the way I move.
0: It's like, well, it's more about, I like the way we move together. That's like it. when we move together, like that's where it's at. Like mm. it's, it's the space between, it's the energy between. That's like the coolest yeah. part of the whole thing. Yeah, And I think, yeah, that's a really important thing.
1: Um, it's, it's almost like it's not going back to that checklist idea. It's not. Who is this person, and how are they in the relationship? It's more like who are you, and how are you when you're in this relationship? Do you feel lit up? Do you feel energized? Do you feel seen? Do you feel like this is something that's creating more than the sum of its parts? And and um, I think that can really only be possible if the other person experiences it in the same way as well. Um, not to completely discard that notion, but like you know, you can have an idea, and you can find someone that ticks all of those boxes. But if you don't feel what you you know, what feels true for you when you're with that person, then you don't sacrifice that to the ideal. It's yeah. I think it's it's a lot more important to make sure that you're tuned inwards and understand that is this giving me energy? Is this like growing me in ways that I never thought possible before?
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'd love to know what you think about this. But for me, I feel that you and I both in our own individual way, um, showed up in the world far more authentically and took far more personal risks. Mm -hmm. Um, and were far more braver once we met each other. Like I feel, you know, I, well, you know, you were, we were willing to, Move to Sydney and take your career and blah blah blah. And you know, part of
1: that was brazen nativity, but it, yes, it
0: was. But would you, I mean, like, do, do you feel do like, it again for sure? No, no, no. But did you feel that there was part of no, for me? I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I felt for me, you know, if I was a single person and there was like some cool thing in Sydney and my law seven years from the line, would I have just up and left? Mm-hmm. No, like, it was like it was for love and it was like no, it was like well it doesn't matter like it's as long as we have each other then we can take all the risks in the world
1: well i'll, I'll tell you for me it was the other way around yeah um and i'll, I'll make it so that it, it makes sense but say you couldn't leave melbourne yeah i, I wouldn't have gone no okay. way like if, if you were you know let's just say bound to melbourne because um, you know, there was a wizard who said you couldn't leave the city kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's absolutely not any part of me that would be thinking like, well, I have to, because it was a, it was a really amazing opportunity that brought us here. It was a really big step.
0: And it was like we manifested it the day before He said, that's what we would want. And then it mm-hmm. turned up. So it seemed like life was yeah. t- telling us, Hey,
1: but for you, when you say like, I wouldn't have left were it not for love, I wouldn't have, um, left because of love.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and also just knowing how much, like, you believe in me, and that like you, you you think I'm 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 good, means that I felt like I could take risks like um, shop online and mm. and be maybe like a bit I don't know at the start take risks like maybe look a bit dorky or weird or strange or talk about you know in 2016 because it's like well at the end of the day I knew someone was coming home that no matter what I did online would think I was fabulous do you know what I mean and I think yeah that that if you you could be with like the most impressive person in the world but if they're breaking down your self-esteem then the price of your own self-worth and your own confidence is like it's not a price that's worth paying it's not worth paying the price of yourself to get the benefit of being with someone that objectively looks cool yeah it's like what does being with this person the space between do for both of you Mm. do you step into your power with this connection does this connection take you further into like also loving yourself and taking more
1: risks. And I think one of the really important things as part of that, I, I learned this from a, um, a leadership principle, yeah. which is um, as in, well, when they did an you know, investigation around the world, they found there was one core element that everyone wants from their leader. No matter who you are, no matter what your um, their mutations are or your preconditions, that, that one thing is they want to feel like that their leader is rooting for their success.
0: God, that hits hard because today I feel like I'm I'm volunteer leading something and I don't know if everyone's feeling like that at the moment.
1: We can talk about that at another time, but I think that's so much, that is so true for relationships as well. I think in a relationship, For the other person to feel like, no matter what, you are rooting for their success and their success is your success and your success is their
0: success. Yeah. And I will say, I do bring that into my coaching space. Mm -hmm. And I have had the feedback from clients that like, just knowing she genuinely cares, totally changes the energy. And like, when you are a coach, your client's success is your success and you know, I need to probably bring that energy to my volunteer i volunteer my time on with a, a side passion but probably need to bring that that into there but, I, but with my coaching 100 mm-hmm. so that's i love hearing if all these i love it when you give new tidbits and i'm always discovering new things every day about this guy. It's, i'm like 18 years in and I, he still says new stuff am i like that
1: <laughs> oh, you better believe it. Yeah,
0: I'm
1: good. Something exciting and new every day. Oh, good.
0: I'm glad I'm keeping it fresh. <laughs> um, all right. So then, I wanted to ask. You know, since so 18 years, mm. um, what do you feel like? You know, are your most important lessons about making long-term love work? You know, or that. 21 year old James needed to know mm. to make sure this would ha- work out, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of mental models Yeah. and I think to help me with this, to help me think about how I would present this to my 21 year old self or 22, um, is to just always remember there's three people in the relationship. There's you, there's the other person, and then there's the space between. Yeah. And I think there are some key elements in here. Um, like, let me um, preface this with, I'm still learning a lot of these things, and I don't-
0: Well, always works in progress.
1: Deploy these with uh, flawlessness. No, I, it comes in layers, doesn't I fail it? Just as much as the next person, but there's still lessons that I think, had I known sooner, I probably would have been further along the path as I am now. <laughs> Uh, But to start off with the other person. Now I also think we should preface this that this is a traditional relationship. Um, You would consider yourself quite a feminine
0: What do you think? I don't know. People give me all sorts of feedback. Some people tell me I'm very masculine. Some people tell me I'm very feminine. I think I've got a really strong feminine and a really strong masculine. I think think both of them are intense.
1: Could be situational dependent.
0: It's situation dependent.
1: So for me, I feel your feminine energy more than anything else. I'm happy to hear that. And (laughs) also for me, I feel um, I'm much more of a masculine male. Yeah. And so.
0: And I test you all the time. <laughs>
1: we, we can go into that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like just understanding that dynamic, <laughs> I should probably have also started off with saying just appreciating that there is a dynamic between the feminine and the masculine. Mm-hmm. And there are uh, elements within that, as old as time itself, that if we just understood how that has played out. Not necessarily. It doesn't. These don't have to be, iron, you know, ironclad laws. They don't have to be, um, you know, laws of nature or anything like that. But it's just at least, if you understand this is how it has played out over the last 250,000 years at least, then you can at least um, be equipped with the knowledge of okay. so I have more awareness of what's happening here when things do arise. Um, but I think for the other person, being you, as the feminine in this relationship, uh, the first thing I think that's really important for my 21-year-old self to have learned is my role is really as being your protector. And that's not about you know fending off saber-toothed tigers. It's not about ensuring that you don't freeze to death in the long winter. Um, but in today's modern world, I do think the number one measurement of being your protector is that you always feel safe in my presence. You feel like no matter where we are, what environment we're in, we could be around a table with friends, we could be in a new country on holiday, or we could just be at home with our children. You always feel like in my presence this person is going to ensure that I feel safe and secure.
0: Yeah, and you do like I sometimes joke, I say, you're my companion, like I need you, you're my companion pet. And <laughs> what I mean by that is, um, you calm me down, like yeah. your heart beats twice as slow as mine. And so when you're around, I you do feel safer. But
1: it was yeah. definitely something that whenever I deployed that within the first at least in the first half of our relationship, it was unconscious, because it wouldn't always be deployed perfectly.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, and, and that would be like probably my biggest wounding and my biggest moment mm-hmm. if something happened where I didn't feel like you protected me and I didn't feel you had my back. I thought whether it went over your head or, you know, like a threat came towards me, maybe you didn't notice like that would be mm-hmm. the scariest thing is like mm-hmm. I don't want to be left offending by myself.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think like one of our yeah. longstanding stories is that we kind of just coasted through our first of our relationship purely on instinct. Yeah. And <laughs> it didn't really get um, any kind of. And shared light vision and value. Yeah.
0: Instincts, shared vision, shared values, True. instincts. Yeah.
1: Um, but it didn't really get tested until, you know, we started having children. Yeah. And then all the things that, you know, were not there but didn't matter that much because we had so much goodwill yes. <laughs> started to really make themselves manifest and make themselves apparent. Yeah, and the, that cra- was- the cracks appeared. Exactly, and yeah. so that's when I started realizing, both of us, that we mm-hmm. had to understand what this was all about, where this was coming from. And for me, I think one of the biggest learnings was, um, I have to make you feel safe. Yeah. And you know, it's important for a feminine energy to feel safe so that they can open up.
0: But also, I have to open up enough to you, oh, even this- if I don't feel safe, to express to you what I need to feel safe. Mm.
1: Oh, yes, we can talk about all the things you need to do. Yeah, yeah. But my role as the messenger is to give you that opportunity as
0: well. Yeah, and the family needs to give him an opportunity to make her feel safe Mm -hmm. by, like, by being willing to try and and open up to trust, to express, and this is what I'm needing to, you know, to ask. You can't expect you to mind read and just, yeah, take, it's not on you 100%. You know, it's it's a... it's a co-creation
1: that's it yeah something else I think you know the reason I start off with that is uh, for me it's part of the uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and it's your physiological needs that come first without those being met you really can't uh, move up the scale so for me physiological is safety yeah you know there's food and shelter and all those things but I think that can be Part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, which is psychological, I would uh, summarize as feeling cared for. Yeah. Feeling cared for and desired. Yeah. So, feeling cared for, my biggest, um, I think, aha moment or epiphany is that when there is a moment mm-hmm. of uh, intense emotions, mm-hmm. I used to always take that as a direct affront on my integrity, Mm. or um, an attack towards me, Mm. when really, for me now, what's going on is that you are having a really hard time with something, Mm. and that you are deep within your emotions, and you know, in a sense flailing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and all you need from me is to know that I care that you're having a hard time. Yes, you know, that,
0: that co-regulation. And,
1: and that I can hold that space while you are having a hard time mm-hmm. so that you can feel like that somebody cares about my experience mm-hmm. enough for me to be able to feel it authentically and in whatever raw form that is. Mm-hmm. Because once that moment passes, it's not, it's not about what was being said in that moment. It's not about... Um, what I thought in that moment, it was about, there was something in me that I needed to be able to express and I needed somebody to hear it and care mm. that that was what I was feeling.
0: Yeah. And I think the biggest revelation for us has been that, um, like once I, I can feel something so strongly and once I express it, and if that space has been held, like it goes away. Mm. It's almost like life is saying like, can you stand in this fear and not be afraid of it? And then it will disappear. Not, yeah, not only
1: does it go away, but it suddenly turns around, and you're like, "I'm kind of impressed that you were." I, able
0: and, to- I, and I don't feel that way anymore, and like that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like an unconscious test of like, "Here's some fear. Can you get past it?" Mm-hmm. And you know yeah. what I mean? And then when you do, like, "Whoa, we're going to feel mm-hmm. way more connected." It's, you know? Yeah, and
1: yeah. and the story for me that really solidified that, like, just so that we're clear that this is not some um, um, you know, thing that I'm just being uh, inserted by ideolo- ideology. Right. Um, but the story that I learned from evolutionary biology is that the woman uh, has always had to feel like she needs to test the man, so that she can feel like the man can actually withstand the challenges in the outside world, mm. so that she feels safe. Because when a woman, uh, well, when an early mother mm. uh, is with her very young child, with a baby, she's the most vulnerable any adult human will ever be. Mm. And that makes her reliant on the partner to be able to provide for her, protect her and shield her. Mm. And so, subconsciously, the woman will uh, give the man a set of challenges and that's not intentional, that's not something that uh, you know she thinks about that she needs to do, but it's always there because by doing that and seeing that the man can stand in the presence of that, be stable, be calm, mm. um, but be resolute gives her the reassurance that like if he can handle that he can handle the world when he goes out. Yeah and I can feel safe that he's going to come back with you know with food for dinner yeah. or.
0: And this might sound wild, but I think once you're, once you hear that, the first time you hear this, you're like, what? And then you can't unhear it. Mm -hmm. And then you'll start as a woman noticing, like you'll get upset. And then if he is able to hold the space, not get defensive and he, then you'll get past and you're like, (laughs) huh I guess maybe that was an unconscious (laughs) test. (laughs)
1: It's, it's also crazy for the man to experience that for the first time. It's very, it's very um, powerful when the first time that you have just stood there and just heard her and made her feel like that she can express herself without you feeling like you need to defend yourself.
0: Or oh, getting like taken into the story so much
1: quicker. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly, um, you, know, you don't have to be happy. But suddenly, it's a very different energy, and you're like what just happened
0: <laughs> she's she's open and happy with me now yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. she's convinced
0: because <laughs> <laughs> i did nothing <laughs> and i'm so hard sometimes it's
1: really hard to do nothing
0: yeah sometimes you want to solve it and yeah. like all she needs is mirroring back and like someone staying calm and like calming her amygdala through their through her pres through their calm presence mm. she's like i my amygdala is firing And she just like, my my final flight's firing Mm -hmm. and she just needs to look at someone and they're, they're they're able to stay a bit calmer. And then that calms hers. Um, and I can't remember, we, I mean, we did, we got into so much stuff about relationships and ages ago, back when we were at Derby street for clues, we were listening to pod podcast, after podcast. And there was one that spoke about, um, this whole idea of, you know, um, when we were in the tribe it, on a primal level, we would look around mm. and we would look to make eye contact and we'd look to look around. And if anyone was in fight or flight, we would all go into fight or flight. Cause mm. if, if one person looked in fight or flight, that meant they'd probably, maybe they'd seen a tiger. So we have this instinct where if we look around and other people are panicked, mm. we panic so we can all flee or mm. we can all fight. It's like, it was a tribal thing. And so it's, it's one thing to know that when someone's in fight or flight, if you do that, it's going to amplify both your fight or flight response. And sometimes you can't avoid that and you just you have your fight or flight one flees, one wants to argue and I must fight and the one's like, I must run, you know, and like that will happen. And they're like, you'll calm down. You're like what just happened? Yeah. But like, if you can bring a little more awareness, um, to that, you can slowly be like, I'm feeling in fight or flight. I'm going to try and mirror this person. I'm going to try and attempt to calm their, you won't get it all the time. But if yeah. you just uh, become a little more aware and aim for that, sometimes you will. That's right. And, and you
1: know, while this is separate to it, but the ability is not about, you never have fights in a relationship, but I think it is the ability to repair soon absolutely and And soon and well yeah love that (laughs) sooner and better (laughs) and i think this is a big part of that conversation it's like hey this time it it didn't go the way that we um we know that it can (laughs) and you know this is what i have learned through that process i've learned about myself or i've reminded myself of and my takeaway is that i want to try and make sure i do it better next time
0: yeah yeah and we're always forgetting and refining and editing and you know what i mean when you mm. stop learning you're dead right like it's you know mm. we're, we're just all walking each other home through our fumbles and mistakes mm. and then being like let's get back on the horse and keep going fail upwards, fail upwards and fail yeah. forwards and try to find try to make that conflict lead to a deeper connection mm. which is absolutely possible and I would say happens every time for us. We have conflict. Would you say? Yeah. Would you say that every time we have conflict, we end up stronger on the other side? Absolutely. I feel like it's my experience. Is that your experience?
1: Well, I I think there's something about you know um, life in general is that the the reason why there is struggle, the reason why there is challenges, is that's how we learn to grow. Hmm. Now that's not to say that you can't grow when you're having, you know, fun and easy times as well. But I think at the fundamental level, like. A challenge and a struggle is there because there is there is something in which we have not yet um, fully uh, integrated within ourselves, and so we we learn the lessons through those. It's the yeah. same with you know, which
0: is which is what living is about. Yeah. No one's fully integrated, or mm. you know what I mean. The
1: Three certainties: pain. Uh, Uncertainty and constant work.
0: So yeah, pain and uncertainty. And you're like I see this thing, and like I'll put my head up and say I made this mistake when I first came out with content. Um, that we're sort of a, all shaming each other for having trauma responses. Mm. Oh, that's a trauma response. That's a tra- like you're broken. Oh, what? You didn't get rid of all your trauma? <laughs> Why didn't you get rid of all your? Well, you still got trauma. It's like no one has. No one. You know what i mean life is traumatic <laughs> do you know what i'm saying and it's like you're doing well if you're figuring out how to turn some of that into wisdom and some of that into gold and i
1: don't think you get rid of your just get,
0: just being bored is quite an experience do you know what i mean like the whole thing is like it's a lot being a, and but but you're doing you 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 know you're doing well if you are fast tracking how to alchemize some of that mm into wisdom mm. and some of that into growth. But my goodness, you're not, be, you're not getting rid of all that trauma and you will still have trauma responses mm. and you will still get it very wrong. Yeah. But that's why being in a partnership makes it so much easier because you can flop through life together. Well,
1: that's <laughs> one of the like, quintessential <laughs> things for a relationship for me, which is the partner is the light that shines on the unseen parts of yourself.
0: Yes, to some extent, though, you want them to shine, but to, the goodwill ratio.
1: Of course.
0: You can't be. Uh, you can't be 100% challenge. No. It's got to be. You know. <laughs> what do you think? Love
1: how you say that with intensity.
0: <laughs> ah, intensity is my <laughs> middle name. Um, but. You guys, like i think some people take that to the extreme they're like well i'm just the mirror take it take it take it take no i mean human can't handle that you've got to have have the good ratio you've got to have like
1: golden ratio the golden ratio build enough so that when the light is shining you have the stamina the temple life and
0: that you don't have to go and point your partner's trauma out to them life is going to traumatize them
1: that might actually be (laughs) the new uh, um Way of looking at it which is your partner is there to fill you up just enough so that when they do you can start handle burning life. the parts of yourself <laughs> that no longer serve you you can handle it
0: yes <laughs> so it, it needs is, to is, be buffered it needs yeah. you know five supportive moments to every two challenging isn't that, the, is that the, i think it's five to one to i think i get it wrong yeah. each time but the gottman institute i believe is we got, yeah we got really into all this stuff years ago yeah yeah
1: you gotta have at least five good interactions and they can be anything from responding to a bit to having a good laugh to just being in each other's presence and enjoying.
0: Yes. And you want to be proactive with that. You want to just be focused on like, just throwing in the good stuff, Mm. building the good stuff because you don't have to try the hard stuff or (laughs) come if, if you're both being authentic and especially if the feminine's being authentic and she's really in connection with what she really feels and she's really expressing it that challenge will come. Just being female and having feelings brings all the challenge of the goodwill ratio. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, yes. so you want to then be making sure you're filling up lots of good stuff too. Yeah,
1: right. I feel like, you know, the woman is the flame. she'll light your house or she'll burn it down. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can contain yeah, it she'll either it.
0: warm your house or she'll burn it down. The woman is like, Christ. she's either going to warm your house or she'll burn it down. What are you going to say?
1: Well, and, and, and so that containment of the masculine or the man that is, is positive sum, right? Without yes. that containment, the fire burns out. And with that containment, and it's not in a positive sum way, it's going to burn everything down. Yes. So it's balance.
0: Mm. You know? Got any tips on how to contain that flame? Yeah, good.
1: I think uh, what we just went through, uh, in terms of making you feel safe, making you feel cared for, making you feel desired, are three very important things that some I think the woman always needs to feel. And it's, you're never done. It's like, you know, the, the, the longstanding joke that she will remember what you said 20 years ago on a certain night, but if you yeah. tell her she's beautiful and that you love her, she'll forget that the next morning.
0: Something I just want to say on that is I can already, because I've spoken to so many people and coached so many people, I can hear I can hear the background thoughts of people that don't necessarily have our dynamic. And I can hear some women that are currently in the space of like, I don't want to be desired. He wants it all the time. Mm. It's a burden. It makes me feel like he just wants blah, blah, blah. I don't want to feel like he wants me like that. I want him to do some stuff around the house. I want him to help me. (laughs) I want like, I guess, I guess, what would you say? I'm just going to say something I'm going to say, okay, to them, to the the men, the more you make. A, a feminine feel safe emotionally and connected emotionally, the more she's going to want you mm-hmm. to be desiring her. She's going to be like, you know, that's making her simmer. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's making yeah. her, you've got to get her simmering through the mental connection first. Mm-hmm. So she wants, it's, that's like a, there's like a hierarchy to that too. Yeah. She won't want you desiring her. She won't, she will only saying, I hope you're desiring me if she's feeling,
1: well, there's a reason why I said it in that order. Hmm. safe, cared for, then desired, got not it. the other way around. There you
0: go.
1: So, like, you know, there is a, I don't want to say there's a right way to doing it, because there's not one way. But I think if a woman is saying, I don't want my partner to desire me so much, I think...
0: Yeah, they've usually got contempt, eye roll. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, yes. it, it, it suggests that there's something missing.
0: Yes that layers are not in place that
1: there's something that the other person isn't bringing into your life yes. that you need to then at that point crave that desire mm. and you know light that flame so
0: yeah that makes like I love that that's great um did I interrupt had you finished on your you know your greatest lessons from from eighteen years of you know, and that includes, we've had two children, we've been married for 10. Um, well, how much time do we have? I mean, like we've probably been on for quite some time. We've been on for 44 minutes.
1: Well, there you go. I will say- Is there
0: anything you want to wrap up with then?
1: Well, I will say that was really just thinking about the other person. Care, uh, protected, cared for, desired. Yeah. Uh, I think for, for you particularly, you need to also ensure that you're being clear with your own uh, wants and needs, that you're setting them up for success. So from a masculine standpoint, like the feminine she wants to be cared for, the masculine, he wants to be appreciated. Mm. And so in a a lot of ways it's important for me that I do feel appreciated. And I try sometimes to to communicate that. I don't have to do it very often because you do it so well. but i think it's it's really for longevity for a harmonious relationship you can't just be giving and giving and giving you have to let them know what it is that lights you up that fills your cup that gives you energy so that they have a chance to succeed yeah
0: so and you should. yeah
1: and like you know five love language as you would say is a great entry point mm-hmm. into understanding how you are loved or how you want to be loved Mm. because no two people are exactly alike mm. in that sense and you know it was great kind of insight with the uh, exhausted housewife bewildered husband
0: yeah Adam Lane Smith's book the yeah.
1: idea being that you know the man can think to himself like mm. I'm doing so much for this person I'm pouring so much love out to them um, and they're just not feeling it mm. and they're just not um, getting that across to them mm. and it works both ways you need to know how that person is loved or feels Mm. loved but Mm. they need to know how you feel loved too Mm. and I think that's a constant communication that's a constant process Mm. because you know sometimes it might change, like, look, I need you to, like, for, for the feminine, I need you to make me feel safe. Mm. Well, that's not how it's always going to be, because once you feel safe, it's now I need to feel careful. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> once so I'm careful, yeah. now I need to feel desired. Yeah. Um, so it changes and it evolves over time. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same for the situation masculine. Situation
0: dependent. Right. Love language is a situation dependent. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So there are things, I think, for, you know, for me, that, you know, the man needs to feel like he can go away and be in his man cave and do things that gives him, you know, time to, you know, energize. Mm. But there are also things in um, the relationship that are also important to him, and mm. to feel like that he's getting that sense of uh, accomplishment and appreciation. And admiration, I think, are really important. And you got to bring that to the table. It's not like you can just demand that, and she has to do it mm-hmm. no matter what. But I think when you do go out into the world and you apply yourself and you're trying to grow something and you are on your mission, mm-hmm. for for her to then see that and acknowledge it, I think is you know is vital. Mm-hmm. The same way I can't just you know I, I love the disposition. At least for me, this is personally for me. Um, the, the the story is always like. He can't read your mind. You need to tell him what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably more true for me in this relationship. Like, mm-hmm. you can't read my mind. I need to tell you what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I need to tell you how beautiful I think you are every day. Mm-hmm. I need to tell you if there's something that I need, um, or if I need to go for a run to cool my jets. So, mm-hmm. right? So,
0: and in fact, if you don't, it undermines my safety in this relationship. If I don't know what you need, and I don't know what you really think, and you're not real with me. Mm-hmm. And you don't tell me your boundaries and you don't tell me who you really are and what your preferences are. I don't feel safe. Mm. I don't have guidelines as well, to how to succeed. And that's exactly. scary.
1: You don't feel like you've got the tool to succeed.
0: I need you to be
1: authentic. So I could authentic. be over here rooting for your success as much as I want, but if yeah. I haven't given you the tools for you to be able to succeed, then it's... Yeah, a, it's,
0: it's scary.
1: It's, mm. so yeah. I think
0: all of that's important. I need you to... like own what you want and mm. and tell me and you can be very clear many times no yes no okay yeah
1: <laughs> um i think that's you know me the other person and then there's the space between and we kind of already touched on that like having a shared vision i think is key i think that's the bedrock that we both want something in life mm. and we both want to move together towards that mm. and you know from The very first night you and i met like we figured it out that we both wanted to have children we both wanted that um you know that very familial lifestyle we both wanted the mother to be at home uh you know raising the kids Like all Mm -hmm. of these kind of things just build up on top of each other Mm -hmm. so like something i learned very early on so i don't need to um you know tell my 21 year old self but i think i learned it by 25 but you don't always have to have the same interests to have the same values, I think, mm. goes a long way.
0: Yeah, almost better if you don't have the same interests. Mm. You have your own things that you're doing.
1: Well, I think there can be couples who do things together and that's their jam, like there are yeah. couples who create businesses together. There are couples who um, rock climb together. Yeah. And But there are other couples who have their own interests and then they come back together and then they just continue to build their lives together as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be clear, we spend, you know, huge amount of time together Mm. our lives are very intertwined Mm. um you know so i'm not saying we're one of these we don't have like parallel lives by any stretch of the imagination it's very linked in um but i'm saying it it is nice that we each have you you like to run i'm not like a runner you Mm. know what i'm saying and i like to like create my videos my business and like i've got my own little thing going on and then we have our lesser person building, team building thing, which is the children, mm. you know, and this relationship, Yes. like these are our team sports. And then we have like our own activities that we go and we dip into, you know? Um, and then we can kind of share stories about what's going on in our own worlds, as well as in our combined world. Mm. And I think that's,
1: that's a great lesson too for a 21 year old self, which is, um, you don't bond in the same way. The woman bonds with oxytocin and there are certain Mm. ways in which that gets released. The man bonds with vasopressin and there are different ways in which that gets released. Yeah,
0: predominantly. We both need both, but yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. For the man, do you want to say anything about that? Well, for the
1: man, vasopressin in general Mm. um, is released when they are feeling challenged and they feel they have an opportunity to succeed.
0: Yeah. And you have that high five moment, like we that's
1: did it. it. Yeah. So yeah. that's why they talk about, you know, band of brothers, men who, um, go to war together. Mm-hmm. They, they are friends for life because they had that moment of immense challenge mm-hmm. and there's very little that will ever step at that point ever again. Yeah. They solve so problems together. You don't exactly and, yeah, have teaching. to go to war together, but, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, for me, you give me plenty of opportunities to step mm-hmm. up to the plate and, succeed <laughs> and in those moments when i'm in this moment i'm like right here's the opportunity mm. game on and mm. i'm going to you know it, and, and it's, it's not about like win lose it's not about like i have to you have to fail in order for me to succeed it's about mm. you know here is a challenge and here's your chance to rise to that challenge yeah and if i can showcase that i do that mm. not only does it make you feel safe and that make you feel protected and cared for mm. it makes me feel successful make me feel like I've just accomplished something. And I'm now more bonded to you as a result of that. So
0: yeah, whereas if you were to do that to me, I would be so upset. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I want to feel oxytocin. Mm -hmm. I want to feel, you know, loved and accepted and cared for right now, like I don't have to do anything to earn that.
1: And that's, that's, you know, a particular dynamic, I'm sure some couples out there might have it completely split, but flipped. But I think it's important, at least, you know, mm. what does make you feel bonded.
0: Yeah, and Adam Lane Smith did say in his attachment boot camp, that some women's wiring has been flipped, mm. and some men's wiring has been flipped, in that some women bond better through vasopressin more, and some um, men bond through oxytocin mm. more. Um, but I would say I'm providing you plenty of challenge and you provide me Plenty of, you. I mean, you don't challenge me by challenging me, but I find aspects of the relationship challenging. So we do get vasopressant because mm-hmm. I am like, I do find it challenging sometimes to get my needs met. Yeah. I need this and then i got to work and I get that. And then when we get there, you know, and it's like, that's like the vasopressant bit, yeah. but you know, we do a lot of like, you know, we're a real touch, sort of holding hands and there's a lot of like feeding me a lot of oxytocin. Mm. And that's like my favorite feeling.
1: But I think at the end of the day, no matter what the situation is that we're in, I think we always know that we are a team and that we're rooting for the other person's success. Yeah. Like you can even be, you know, like we feel all the emotions, we feel the anger, we feel the resentment, we feel the fear, we feel all of these different kinds of things. Yeah. But underneath all of that, we want this other person
0: to succeed. Yeah. Anymore. And if I've got a problem with you, I come to you with a problem. I don't go tell every man and their dog, or I don't go hang out with like girls and complain about you. Mm. I don't like, if I feel like I need to complain about you, that means I need to have a conversation with you. So I come to you because mm. you've provided a space where it's safe for me to come to you and you're available for that conversation. And I come and I, I work it through with you
1: and I feel and like I can work
0: it through with you. Yeah
1: once i got to the point where i realized that that is not necessarily a i don't want to say it's hack but it's just like a um uh you know, a smearing of my character it is a
0: oh but i don't tell other people yeah look. yeah we yeah. yeah. don't go outside. My point. like we solve it within. we as, don't complain to people outside yeah. about the relationship we solve it within yeah
1: but yeah. once i see it as like here's a gap and i want you to succeed mm-hmm. those two things together i think mm-hmm. Uh, the formula or the input for the equation that I now see that this is an opportunity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think because you, we are able to, I am, we are able to solve it that mm. maybe some people are trying to solve it and they can't solve it. So then they're going in. Yeah. Well, if you them. don't feel
1: like that the other person wants you to succeed, you can't, yeah. You can't receive that. You've got to go to someone it that feels, feels like you do, they, yeah. they do
0: want you to succeed and tell them instead. Mm. So I would say if you do have a plan that maybe is you know, complain to other people, maybe figure out why you...
1: Why don't you want to tell them? Why don't you...
0: Yeah, yeah. but if you're someone that you found out, if I find out you're complaining to someone about me, I have to ask myself, did he try to complain to me about that first? Mm-hmm. And did I find a way to repair that with him
1: properly? It could also be the secondary game. <laughs> yes. So and body. that's where
0: coaching's very good, because a coach will call that out and rewire that yeah. and get that. The, the energy and the, you know, get your favorite feelings from the areas that are going to lead to the outcomes that you want mm-hmm. and not. Yeah. So This is why coaching is powerful because mm-hmm. we're sort of like brainstorming if this person, that person. But in coaching, I sit down and I actually connect and I find out all the de- all the information, all the details. And I've got a five step system that I work through. Um, with people just five steps to get the love that you want, where organically, through going through those five steps, we touch on all this stuff and it all comes out into the light, and we your unique situation has its unique answers within the five-step framework. Mm. Um, and if you can learn more about that by um there should be a link attached to this video. You can go to my website, elisepeck.com, you can go to apply for a free love coaching call with me, and then on that landing page, I'll be a little bit more about. I think there'll be a, a, a mental model—is that what you call it? There'll be a model, framework. a framework, a diagram on there of the five steps. If you want to understand a little bo- bit more about um, what those five steps—what those five steps are—that do get you the love that you want. Um, is there anything? This has seemed really valuable. Thank you. Is there anything that? I think that's a great place to end it. Yeah, nice. yeah, the one-hour mark. Wow, that went by very quickly. So quick. Any lasting takeaway thoughts, summary.
1: I I think if you can be clear on what it is that you want and be clear with the other person as well, it's not about trying to get them to fit into that mold or that idea. It's about realizing that there is a, there is a very good chance that you can find a person who situationally, when you come together, you, you create this new vision together. Yes.
0: And something that's so important for me to say is that's exactly what I help people with. I mean, I help people that in relationships, but like, my real, like my real mind blowing, like, well, did that just happen? Results, are when I get people in energetic alignment with who they really are. Mm. And so then comes into their life, you know, the love that almost, it looks like was made for them. Mm.
1: So it's almost like you're not guaranteed anything in life. And so you're not guaranteed that you're going to, you know, Find um, you know the treasure in the forest, but by learning about who you are, what direction you want to go in, you at least now have a map and you have a compass as opposed to just wandering aimlessly, right? So yeah. if you're wandering aimlessly, there's a chance you will stumble upon your other partner who is a perfect match for you, and you just managed to.
0: If you're wandering aimlessly, there's a chance you're going to find someone else also wandering aimlessly
1: there's a whole field in there right? yeah. so you could get one you got, more... you
0: want to be moving from your center
1: you know? so that you find what's for you so if you do have a awareness of and a connection to your center yeah your vision
0: yeah
1: what you are you know wanting to create out of your relationship mm. then you have a much more surer pathway
0: yes. You want to be moving from your masculine and your feminine, this is both for men and women, you want to be moving from your head and your heart Mm -hmm. or your head and your body at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you have a vision and a clear idea of what you want, but then you also have this sort of like, that would give me energy. This would give me energy. I'm keeping in mind what I want. And then I move towards what's giving me energy Mm -hmm. and on the path of doing what's giving you energy, you know what I mean? Like that, that night when we met, like you didn't turn up to that bar from your head mm. what would you say did you turn up because you got this like like why would you why did you turn up that night
1: oh well it was opportune. so it was just right place right time for me
0: but what did you have like an inner pull to go that night or did you tell yourself you should no i had
1: an inner pool like, did you
0: shoot on yourself or did you internally
1: i was really just feeling like the world with my oyster <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: here's an opportunity like why not and did you think it was going to
0: give you energy this opportunity yeah
1: yeah, yeah. I, I went head right well, at first but i went forward into this thinking yeah
0: this would be fun
1: this would be fun yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah awesome all right thank you Jean. my pleasure thank you for joining for this discussion um thanks for the likes mm-hmm. and um yeah if you'd like to go deeper get the love that you want um or you know get more out of the love that you have you know uh I'll, if you've had a relationship and there's been a really amazing time that you've had in that relationship and now you're in a season where it's you're not getting the love that once existed in that relationship Just say that it was just like this beautiful time where you know the two of you had amazing chemistry between you and like now it's gone I really love helping people to to reignite Mm -hmm. that and then have it burn even brighter and and then i also love helping people to actually get aligned love in their life the kind of love that fuels them up gives them energy and makes life easier to face
1: couldn't have said it better myself
0: oh thank you all right so you can head to my website if you want to go deeper and apply for a free um one-on-one love coaching call with me elisepeck.com forward slash manifest love live wherever you're watching this will probably also be in the caption description comment below too thanks for joining thanks so much for joining this episode was originally recorded uh, with the intention of it being posted on my instagram I'll pop the handle to my Instagram in the caption or the show notes of this episode. Um, and so I'll also drop in the link that I refer to as being in my bio or whatever. I'll pop it um, into the podcast-friendly version that you're listening to. All right. Also, you can find out more about me at my website, elisepick.com. Thanks for joining. Um, love. If you want to pop some comments in the Q&A section, um, please you know, like, share, subscribe, send it to whoever you feel could benefit from getting better results, better outcomes, manifesting more magic in their life. And I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of Love with Elise Peck. Bye for now.